0: Boston Bruins are in Vegas to take on the Golden Knights. And on today's episode, I am joined by the host of Locked On Golden Knights to talk about all things Vegas and check in on how Jack Eichel's new team is doing. So let's get into it, shall we? as well as take a look around the NHL. I want to thank you so much for making Locked on Bruins an everyday listen. The podcast is free and available on all platforms, as well as on YouTube. So please do subscribe. That would be very much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, you can follow the podcast at Bruins. Same handle on Instagram. And you can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets, at Ian C. McLaren like I said, the Bruins are in Vegas taking on the golden Knights tonight. And, uh, I'm going to be joined in a moment by, uh, Tony, the host of the locked on golden Knights podcast. Uh, great conversation had with him to, uh, yeah, tee up this game, check in on the golden Knights. I was a bit surprised that they were kind of on the bubble in terms of the playoffs at the moment. Um, I assumed they were a bit higher in the standings. They have Stanley cup aspirations right now. They're third in the Pacific division, one point up on the Edmonton Oilers in the race for uh, a playoff spot. Anaheim who the Bruins lost to the other night, only three points back. Although Vegas does have two games in hand on them. So uh, obviously not a team to be taken lightly, uh, but a good opportunity for the bruins to bounce back after that loss to anaheim uh they have max Pacioretty and mark stone who we talk about they're at the lineup robin Leonard, uh, a little banged up in and out of the lineup due to injury uh so certainly an opportunity for the bruins to improve their record on this road trip uh to 5 no sorry 4 and 1 with one game remaining uh on Saturday night in Columbus before they come home and uh, take on L.A. uh, on Monday. There could be some changes to the lineup, uh, notably Jack O'Shawn. I wouldn't mind seeing him come in for Connor Clifton uh, to play on uh, the right side. Forward group, I would expect, will stay the same unless Curtis Lazar is healthy. And again, I would expect uh, Jeremy Swayman uh, to get the start in this one. Uh, I think that's pretty much it by way of introduction. A great chat here uh, with Tony. So let's get into that. But uh, before we do, a quick word about bet online. Uh, football's over, but basketball is in full steam, bro- both pro and college levels as well as hockey, of course, hopefully baseball soon. You can get all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where to find the next fire coach at betonline.net, the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. They also have scores, podcasts, news. Head to their website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. That's betonline.net, where the game starts. And again, thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins an everyday listen. Please do subscribe on your podcast app on YouTube so that you never miss an episode. Also, check out the Locked On Now podcast, which is a nightly recap from our local experts, uh, free and available wherever you get podcasts. And uh, the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast is also free and available on all platforms. Hosts Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden help you become the expert of your fantasy league. With all that said, let's get to my chat with uh, Tony from Locked On Golden Knights. All right, the Bruins and uh, Golden Knights set to face off on Thursday evening in Vegas. Uh, Boston's first trip there in quite some time, I guess. Uh, I noted... Yesterday, that Charlie Coyle was celebrating his 30th birthday on Wednesday as the Bruins travel to Vegas. So hopefully he's not uh, not too partied out in advance of this game. Um, what's uh, what's going on down there today, Tony?
1: Well, you know we uh, we welcome teams as we did here in Las Vegas during that first campaign with the <laughs> Vegas flu. So yeah, we're hoping right. that Coyle maybe goes and out and parties a little bit too much. You know, uh, the Golden Knights back on track, Ian. <laughs> Uh, They currently, you know, are a team that I feel still is on the bubble. Mm. Numerous injuries. We've had Max Pacioretty. Now he's out. Uh, Mark Stone is on the long-term injured reserve list. And they're just trying to fill in some pieces and some blanks. And, uh, you know, they slept for uh, just a a little while last night or a couple of nights ago, I should say, into fourth place because Edmonton Mm. surpassed them and leapfrogged over uh, the Golden Knights. And so – they're a team that's, uh, you know, not quite there. They have a lot of concerns. Uh, they're not getting consistent scoring like they were earlier this season. And, you know, now Robin Leonard returned. Uh, he returned in the San Jose game. Uh, and, and the Golden Knights are not beating the high-caliber, you know, better teams, you know, in, in the National Hockey League right now. And so, to me, it's a little bit concerning uh, where they're at right now. Mm-hmm. One one thing
0: I uh, wanted to ask about, I haven't really – watched too many Vegas games lately. Uh, but uh Jack Eichel, how is he how is he fitting
1: and how does he look so far? I'll tell you what, I say he's about 50% and he's oh, wow. still the best skater on the ice for the Golden Knights. He's 50 yeah. to 60 percent. And he's just outstanding. It's just the way he carries the puck. And then that acceleration that we've seen. We see some glimpses of like what he could be. Uh, and, and I'm just excited to watch him. And what a great story, right, to get him back uh, off of the neck surgery. And now he's back playing. And uh, Robin Leonard and he, you know, were teammates back in mm-hmm. Buffalo. And Leonard was just saying how excited he is to have Eichel, you know, on the team. I just think he's, he's you know what, he's too good. He's too good for that top line. Right. And if Gennie Dodonoff is struggling big time, I don't know who they're going to put on the wing for now with Stone and Pacioretty out. Stevenson is not a natural winger per se and he's just far better than anyone on the team I think and they can't catch up to his passes they don't know where he's going to go with the puck everyone needs to be alert but uh, right now there's just no chemistry to speak of with that top line especially
0: is that that 50 60 percent mostly just kind of shaking off the rust for not playing
1: for a year health wise I imagine
0: he's he's, he's yeah
1: health wise you know Ian it's incredible where he's at because Ah, uh, his very first game back, he was out there mixing it up, you know, going into the dirty areas and like uh, still like checking players against the boards and he's been checked. Uh, and he's he survived all of that. He looks like he's fine. He had in the game on Tuesday night, he had a good look and he just missed the net and he's getting close, you know, every game. Uh, I could see something really good happening with him maybe a couple of weeks from now, you know, he'll start to get more into the rhythm and the flow, but he needs some help on that top line for sure. Yeah, definitely. And uh,
0: I know Bruins fans are kind of, uh, you know, familiar with a guy like Riley Smith. Is he a guy that could maybe fit up with Eichel or, or is he pretty set on the line that he's uh,
1: that he's on? I, I would, my guess is that Jonathan Marshall. So might be a better fit, hmm. the misfit line. That's the second line of the golden Knights. Uh, they finally started to play well together in the San Jose uh, the San Jose game earlier uh, this week. And in that game, uh, multi-point games for every player. And Riley Smith had a couple of goals. And uh, Smith now, in the last nine games, has five goals. He's starting to come on. He will be a free agent at the end of the season. So right. this is a contract year. And we hear his name an awful lot in trade rumors. So I'm not sure if he's going to be around here or not. And with this Golden Knights team, I think everyone's up for grabs. I, I don't think anyone's safe. And I feel as though they're going to be active during the trade deadlines uh, area.
0: Right. Yeah, I guess with uh, with Pacioretty and Stone on IR, Stone's on LTIR. Yeah. Maybe kind of a Nikita Kucherov uh, 2.0 situation.
1: Brewery, I call him Mar- I, yeah, I Mark Stowe. Mark Stowe because they like are stowing him away. Uh, <laughs> yeah
0: oh wow that's funny yeah that is that kind of i mean not the plan per se but is that kind of what it's looking like that he might not be back for the regular season
1: yeah that's what they're saying it's a back problem he's got back issues uh they were aggravated he's, he said that he first experienced some uh some back pain in the, the injury uh in the playoffs last season right. and then it was just aggravated as the season went on uh, they said it was a good thing to shut him down and i don't think we'll see him until the postseason if they there is a postseason. I think like the fans are just getting way mm-hmm. ahead of themselves here in Las Vegas. And to me, they're just not there. And Robin Leonard and Net to me, still a little iffy proposition. You know, he had his 20th win against San Jose, but at times he's just like too up and down, you know, for me. He's not like even tempered. And I don't know if they can win the cup with him and Laurent Pressois uh, mm-hmm. as the goaltenders on this team. I really am not sure. That is, to me, the biggest question mark. They can get everyone back for the postseason, but how will the goaltending be in the postseason for the Golden Knights?
0: Yeah, that's interesting because I had looked at the the Bruins. They're on a – this will be game five of a six-game road trip, and I had kind of penciled this game in as probably the more difficult one on uh, – the. On the calendar, but it seems as though they might be uh, might be catching Vegas uh, at a good time with with all these issues that are going on there.
1: Yeah, it just uh, it's going to be a matter if the Bruins can stop the Golden Knights from hanging onto the puck. Last couple of games, you know, they they kind of started to show some signs of them being able to hold the puck in their zone in the offensive zone, and uh, you know, I, I'm just not sure if that was you know a good thing or not so good against San Jose. Cause you know, with the sharks, it was like their sixth game in 10 days. Hmm. Uh, and so they were just leg weary and the golden Knights have owned them and they're not that good anymore. Right. And so I don't, I don't know if that was a good sign or not, but they were able to just play keep away uh, from, from the sharks. And in turn it helped out Robin Leonard who only faced 17 shots. And I think two pretty much high danger shots. He let up a, a really cheap goal. So, uh yeah, I, I'm not quite sure if they're that good yet. I, I'm not <laughs> really? sure if they're going to be able to possess the puck against the Bruins. What do you think the Bruins will do defensively in this game?
0: I mean, yeah, the Bruins are uh they're pretty stingy defensively. They're a top top team when it comes to, you know, shot attempt differential, shot differential. Um a lot of people have been saying they need to upgrade on defense before the trade deadline but overall their team defense uh has been pretty good especially with Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand uh in the lineup so uh i i'm kind of expecting that it'll be Jeremy Swayman who will get the start uh tomorrow night or sorry against the against Vegas and um you know he's fresh off uh NHL rookie of the month honors looking to, to keep, uh, keep that strong play going. So, um, he's really kind of unflappable in net. And if the Bruins are able to, to keep the, the puck clear from the front of the net, I think they, they have a pretty good, uh, pretty good opportunity here, especially with, yeah, two of. Uh, Vegas is better forwards in patchy Reddy and and Stone kind of out of the lineup. I'm sure Jack Eichel, being a kind of a local guy, he'll he'll want to make a good uh, good performance out of playing against the Bruins. There was, of course, a lot of talk or hope that the Bruins could somehow swing and deal to bring him uh, in. Obviously, that didn't happen, but I'm sure he'll be wanting to to put up a strong performance against them as well. But and Riley Smith, for that matter, kind of a, one of those classic revenge games, uh, playing against his old team. But yeah, pretty pretty strong defensively as of late. Not including the game the other night against the Anaheim Ducks, where they had a a couple pretty big breakdowns. But overall, yeah, they, they gave up
1: gave up odd man rushes in that game, which odd I man rushes was they not, not clearing typical. the
0: zone well. Uh, Allmark's rebound control wasn't great as well, which, uh, which hurt. So, uh, I'm hoping they'll rebound from that and, and put together a, a stronger effort, uh, for sure. One of the
1: funniest sequences, I think Ian, that I saw this entire season in the NHL <laughs> was that sequence in which there were all those broken sticks. There were like three in a sequence with no whistle. And it was just yeah, up right. and down with all this shrapnel. Like there were <laughs> sticks all over the ice. Yeah, Not by far was like one of the funniest things I've ever seen uh, yeah. in the NHL, especially yeah, this weird. season. But that was pretty <laughs> funny. But yeah, I wanted to ask you about Tomas Nosek, uh mm-hmm. the former Golden Knight, and how he's performing. Because I'll tell you what, the one thing that this Golden Knight team is missing this year is a heavy presence. And they mm-hmm. don't have that. With Ryan Reeves gone. I thought Nosik, you know, was a big body and a hard-checking guy. So how is he playing for the Boston Bruins? You know what? Out of all the uh additions they made this past offseason, he's probably
0: uh found the neatest kind of role on the Bruins, uh Bruins team. He's slotted in as their fourth line center. He's kind of had uh, rotating wingers, but as far as his play in his role uh he's really excelled in, in that um in that role for the boston bruins right now he's playing with uh nick felino on the fourth line uh usually curtis lazar had been on there but uh new addition and jesper froden is playing on the fourth line with lazar injured and in the game the other night against the anaheim ducks they were probably the the best line for uh for the bruins you know uh, and he sets the example he uh yeah like you said he's he's a heavy presence great on the forecheck uh i didn't realize he was such a a sneaky good playmaker as well he's really got a knack for for making some some pretty nice passes uh can chip in the odd time with goals on his own and uh yeah for me he's been uh just a He's like a perfect fourth line center uh, in my mind, and really fitting fitting in well with uh, with the Bruins in that role for sure.
1: Yeah, it should be a pretty good matchup uh, with the two fourth lines. And I saw mm-hmm. Foligno, uh had the Gordie Howe hat trick. Yeah, the that's right. Yeah, the Ducks as well. Yeah, uh, and you but, know, uh, yeah, another ahead.
0: former uh, former Golden Knight in Eric Hala has got a pretty prominent role with the Bruins as well right now. He's playing second line center um, for for them between Taylor Hall and David Pastrnak so it's a pretty prime spot for him and uh I think he's in that role he's putting up his best numbers since uh since the inaugural season for for Vegas I don't know if he can uh you know sustain that or if that's really the ideal spot for him but uh from what you know of him do you think he's able to you know, a lot a big question for the Bruins is that second line center position with David Krejci leaving. Uh, I don't know if Hall is more suited for like a bottom six role or if he can hang on the the second line. Maybe it doesn't matter who's playing between Hall and Posternak. Uh, yeah, that's, you know, that's a good lineup. Would, yeah, yeah, from, well, from what, what from? from
1: from what I know of Hall, I think more suited towards the bottom six. Right. You know, that would just be my personal opinion. Uh, but I mean, when you have that lineup there, yeah. uh, that's pretty good. You're always know, thinking, Ian. The first meeting between these two clubs earlier this season didn't uh, weren't the Bruins coming off of a lot of COVID issues, and they came from Canada and they weren't at full strength yet. And even you know your coach was uh, was down with COVID and just had returned. Right? Right. Uh, was that yeah. the scenario? And the Golden Knights stole a win in Boston.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was that would have been back in December, I guess, or early yeah. in the year. It was, and, in, yeah, that was December-ish. Uh, when was that exactly? Yeah, it was uh, December fourteenth. So that was right, kind of before the NHL went went on a total pause for the holiday, and the Bruins uh, were in the midst of yeah their own kind of COVID issues at that time. Bruce Cassidy, like you mentioned. Uh, he was out of the lineup. I think Martian might've been suspended back then as well. His first suspension of the season. Uh, so yeah, it was a bit of a different, uh, different look for them. They weren't certainly at uh full strength and the, the golden Knights really took advantage of that as well. I think patchy Reddy, going back to him. He had a, he had a couple goals in that one as well. So it's kind of looking like the opposite situation now where the, the Bruins are coming in there with uh, a team that's a bit more banged up in the, uh, in the, in Vegas. So maybe they can return the favor and, and take advantage of that on the, on this road game.
1: Yeah. With patch you know, uh, he had 11 games where he scored consecutively. Mm. Then he had a span of 11 games where he didn't score. <laughs> right. And then Eichel entered, you know, the fray. And then with Eichel in there, he started to get back into a groove and a rhythm, mm. and then he was injured in the Arizona game uh, right. a week ago. And uh, now he's back, you know, injured again, and he's been oft injured and uh, just can't seem this is a lower body injury uh, mm. with him. And uh, it's him and Matthias Janmark is also out uh, right. with uh, an upper body injury currently. That, mm. was, that was also sustained. Uh, in that game against Arizona last week, but right, um, right. what do you think about, are you pretty healthy coming in? And then Marshan, what type of a role will he play in this game against the uh, the golden Knights, which I still say are just too soft. They are really a soft team. One of the more finesse teams I think in the league and the Pacific division is also maybe too finesse.
0: Yeah. I mean the Bruins, uh, yeah, they're relatively healthy right now. Uh, the only injury I think is Curtis Lazar, like I mentioned before, and he's, you know, fourth line guy, uh, so no major injuries. Uh the interesting thing about Brad Marchand is that uh since he came back from
1: his third his suspension. latest
0: suspension, uh he has been kind of shooting the lights out. And that's kind of a function of um having David Posternock on the second line. There were times where he would, you know, those guys are both both love to shoot. Um, and with them split up, uh, it's kind of allowed Martian to get the puck on net with more regularity. Uh, you know, he had, I think, uh, he's got 20, 21 shots over his last four games. So he's averaging like five shots per game recently. And, uh, you know, he's always a threat in any situation, five on five power play, you know, he's one of the best uh, penalty killers in the NHL Uh, kind of prolific shorthanded scorer. Um, So if he continues to have that shoot first mentality, then that, uh, yeah, that, that could be a problem for Vegas for sure.
1: Yeah. And I think Jack Eichel, you know, when you talk about special teams, I think Eichel really needs to have a more active role. He is on the first uh, power play team uh, currently, but, They're not generating a ton of shots. I think they're still a little bit too tentative or uh, Eichel should just take control of the Mm -hmm. power play unit. Really? Uh, He should design the plays and all. I'm really, I contend that he's the guy that you just need to build that power play unit around. around Right. right? You know, because uh, they're not doing well on the power play. Mm -hmm. They started off the season 0 for 19. And now in February, they just had uh, two power play goals and uh, they just keep, going backwards I think mm-hmm. in that area but uh how are the special teams for the Bruins
0: yeah they're uh they're going pretty well as of late I think um, they're usually one of the top penalty killing teams
1: weren't uh, they the like NHL. uh two for three against the Kings the other night I, I think, think it, so yeah they had a pretty yeah, good uh pretty good they had a good game against the Kings yeah, I, I think
0: Halla even scored on the power play there so with the second unit uh chipping in I think their penalty kill isn't as good as they it, it usually is. They're a top 10 team at the moment, uh, power play. Yeah, they're top seven in the NHL. So they're always, and like I said, they, with Bergeron and Marchand out there, they're kind of a threat to score when they're short uh, shorthanded as well. So, you know, they're not blowing anybody away with their special teams at the moment. There's uh they're certainly looking for the best fits. Uh, when it comes to who can run it and, uh, especially on the back end, but overall, you know, with, if you can put Pasternak, Bergeron, Marchand, Hall out there on, on any given power play, you, you have a pretty good chance of, of succeeding for sure.
1: Yeah, I would have to say so. And, mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to ask you about, uh, Jake DeBrusque, uh, mm, because yes. now his uh, stock is soaring once again. And, uh, I think his agent came out and said despite you know how he's playing currently he still wants to be traded yes is that correct it is yeah
0: his agent uh said that the other night and uh I guess the Bruins have given permission to his agent to talk to other teams about uh potential contract extension I think one of the uh holdups is that his qualifying offer is like 4.4 million I think and maybe some suitors aren't wanting to pay that much. So if they can work out an extension at a lesser number, it would make it more palatable to to pick him up. Uh, he has been playing on the first line with Marchand Bergeron. I think that was kind of by design to get him going to uh, boost his trade value. And uh, yeah, I would, I would expect that he uh, will be moved before the, the March 21st uh, trade deadline. But in the meantime, if he keeps producing as he has, it's kind of a win-win for, for the Bruins. They get that production, but also boost his trade
1: value at,
0: at the same time.
1: And, uh, Ian, what else do you think is in store for the Bruins come trade deadline time?
0: Ah, oh, that's a, that's a really tough question. I think, um, they have some good young pieces that they might be able to, to package with the DeBrusque if they wanted to do a bigger move. Um, I think they do have their eyes on. Uh, the coyotes, uh, Jacob Chickren for sure. Mm-hmm. I've kind of been rooting for a, a Phil Kessel reunion as part of that,
1: maybe. Well how much uh, do you think, think uh yeah how much do you think Kessel has because he he's linked to some trade rumors with VGK too, but how much do you think he has left in the tank?
0: I think he can in the in the right playing situation a role, I obviously. think he can still uh you know we saw how valuable he was to the penguins that was a few years ago now. I think he still has enough to uh yeah to be a, a contributor for sure not not a star player necessarily, but, uh, helping out, uh, you know, if the Bruins were to trade DeBrusque, they would have a pretty big hole on the top line with, uh, Marchand and Bergeron. I think, uh, he could fill in there and, uh, and succeed pretty well up there with those guys for sure. Um, so yeah, I think the Bruins will be pretty active uh, prior to the trade deadline and, and, uh, you know, they only have so many more, Kicks at the cup with uh, Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand playing at this high of a level, so I, I really think that Sweeney's gonna try to do whatever he can to uh, to improve this this current roster for sure.
1: Yeah, and I think that the Golden Knights will be active as well. I really right. do, and a lot of people yeah. are like, "Well, they're way over the salary cap, you know, currently and what have you," but they just don't care. <laughs> they yeah. don't care they, <laughs> if something makes sense. They're gonna go out yeah. and they're gonna uh, acquire someone first, a player. And then they'll face all those cap complications later yeah. later on. Uh, I think at the top of my list now currently and soaring is Evgeny Dodonov, uh, mm, yeah. who is at about oh, – he's $5 million a year. And I don't yeah. know how they're going to get rid of him and that contract. I really don't.
0: Mm-hmm. But he's
1: just not fitting in. And he hasn't scored in, oh, I think, 13 games now. And right. Like in him and Ike – yeah, one shot on net in the San Jose game – which was, like, <laughs> it was uh, target practice, basically. <laughs> and he only had one shot on goal and just seems to be lost on that top line. Yeah. They have to do something. And if they could do a one-for-one one and, you know, or just get his salary off the books, I think uh, they'll be all the better. And uh, I still say goaltending for the Golden Knights major mm. concern to me. Not to the fan base, not to the front office, but I just don't feel like those are the two goalies that are going to carry this team to the cup. Right. I don't. and. Uh, Verlamov, his name has been mentioned regularly around here, you know, from the Islanders. And, uh, I'm not, uh, well, Georgiev too, from the Rangers is another possibility. Um, although I'm not sure, but Verlamov is the player that replaced Robin Leonard (laughs) with the Islanders. So that would be very ironic if that were to happen here, but we don't know what the injury is to, to the Leonard, uh, finally came back after three weeks off. Um, they were talking a lot about it being a torn labrum, and that was mm. from uh, Frank Saravelli. Right. And, uh, last night, uh, in the post game, or I should say, a couple of nights ago, in the post game comments, uh, Leonard took a good run at Saravelli, calling him oh. Doctor Saravelli. Cer- oh. He said, "You need to, you need to ask my doctor, right? <laughs> if, you know what the injury is or how I'm feeling." But it was—I uh, I don't know. He's—he's so—he's so often injured. Right. And he's like, he's in and out of the lineup, and I don't know what to expect. And in the game against San Jose, again, 17 shots on goal. I think four of them came late in the game in garbage time. Right. And and uh, he only had to make two two big saves. And then uh, he gave up that one um, garbage goal where Benino fanned, and then Noah Greger just followed it up. You know, it's just right out in front of the net. But it was. Yeah, uh, I, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, uh, what happens at trade deadline time for the golden Knights, because they will not stand pat right. <laughs> just based on the history here. Uh, they will not stand pat and they don't care about the salary cap. They don't even think it, it exists.
0: It was uh Frank Zarevilla as well. I think who, who floated the idea of flurry, perhaps returning to Vegas.
1: Uh, <laughs> you want to talk about something that caused major waves in this, uh, not only yeah, with I the bet. fan base, but in the community. I mean, He's so loved by this fan base yeah. and everyone and and the thing about it is no one knows what to believe with Kelly McCrimmon and with George right, McPhee. Right, right. No no idea. like no one trusts him or believes him and they'll throw a lot of smoke out there. Right. And as soon as they mentioned flurry's name, the fan base, as you can imagine, just went ballistic. That was the most popular player on this team. Yeah. perhaps the most popular all time or one of the most popular. Yeah all-time players in the history of this city, you know, right, yeah. uh, you know, even that's including UNLV and uh, everything oh, else. Wow. But yeah, I mean uh, he was so popular before uh, they got rid of him and the way that he departed. I don't think there's any way that Marc-Andre Fleury could come back here after, you know, right. his agent and him were treated in that manner, finding out mm. on social media right. that he had been traded. Yeah, that was brutal
0: well uh well Tony I think uh we're in for a pretty entertaining game here tonight uh where can people find uh your golden Knights coverage and uh where can they find you on Twitter
1: okay and, uh on Twitter it's right there on our screen if you're watching yep. via video on our locked on crossover it's at Tony dasco and it's locked on vgk on Perfect. Twitter as well and uh, we update things daily as do you and yep. uh, great job with the Bruins and I, I look forward to your content, you know, all the time, and I appreciate it because we lose touch with the East Coast teams as you do sure, with the yeah, West. Yeah, sure, same, same.
0: Well, yeah. All right, uh, and people can find me at ENC and C McLaren uh, at Locked NHL Bruins, and uh, both Bruins, Golden Knights, all 32 teams uh, available on the uh, Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, your favorite team every single day thanks for listening uh everybody and uh enjoy uh enjoy this game tonight